You're listening to the newest episode of Life Equals Choices, Choices Equal Life with your host, Kim Olver. Hi, this is Kim and welcome to the 15th episode of Life Equals Choices, Choices Equal Life, where we are beginning a new month, which means I'm going to be changing topics. Last month, we talked about parenting. This month, I'll be talking about self-discovery and mental and emotional well-being. I mentioned last week that this particular show would be about self-discovery, but it seems the entire world has been turned upside down with the infiltration of COVID-19 and coronavirus, so I wanted to talk with you about that. People are behaving in uncharacteristic ways, sometimes by necessity, but often by fear. When a major event happens in your life, it usually threatens some of your basic needs. COVID-19 and the coronavirus is no exception. If you follow my work, then you know about the five basic needs I write about based on the work of Dr. William Glasser. I call them safety and security, connection, significance, freedom, and joy. The course of coronavirus has impacted all of our basic needs in restricting ways. Depending on how serious you take this threat, You feel like your safety and security is at risk. You can no longer walk around your neighborhood doing your normal activities for fear you will touch something or someone with the dreaded virus able to infiltrate your defenses. Fact. Coronavirus is circulating. It is worse in some areas than others. Older people and those with respiratory problems or compromised immune systems are at greater risk than others but there are no guarantees you will not be affected. What you can do. Remind yourself that if you don't expose yourself, you won't get COVID-19. Sanitize your hands and surfaces in your home. Shelter in place. When you need to leave your home, ask yourself if it is really for a necessity. If yes, go, but use gloves to touch things others have touched. Wear a mask as a barrier between you and the germs. Remember to employ physical distancing of six feet or more from others. Consider forming a neighborhood group where only one person goes out each week to run errands for everyone in the group. Take turns being the errand runner. Remind yourself you will be safe provided you take precautions every time, not sporadically. Another thing that affects our safety and security need is worry. Usually worry about loved ones. Perhaps you or someone you love is considered essential and is going out in the war zone every single day. Yes, this can be nerve-wracking. You may be making yourself sick with worry and actually you are compromising your immune system by bathing your body in the stress hormones of cortisol and adrenaline. I can't tell you to stop worrying. That won't work. But I'd like to challenge you to take control. Understand, worrying is not going to keep your loved ones safe. They aren't going to stop serving because you are making yourself sick. Support them for the work they're doing. Know that they're doing their part to help the community and to provide for their families. Tell them how proud you are of them. Remind them to take necessary precautions, especially the ones when they return home to their families so they don't bring the virus into your home. Make a list of the things you can think of instead so that when your mind starts racing with worry, you can check your list and take control of your mind instead of letting your mind control you.
Think of things that lead to happiness. Imagine the family dinner you'll have once this is over. Imagine the hugs you will give the people in your life. I like to think about puppies, kittens, and babies. They always make me smile. I also like to think about past or future travel plans since I love traveling. If you have a list, when worry creeps into your consciousness, take it away by consciously choosing replacement thoughts. Another thing that can rid you of any painful emotions is to make a mental or actual list of the things you're grateful for. Gratitude is an emotion that fills your entire being. When it does, there is no room for fear, worry, frustration, or resentment. Ban those painful emotions during this period with some full body-mind gratitude. Another possible thing threatening your safety and security are financial concerns. You may have lost your job. Your retirement accounts may be shrinking rapidly. You may be wondering how you will pay your rent or put food on the table. These are definitely scary times, but the way to combat those challenges is to organize them into things you have control over and the things you don't. You likely don't have any control over losing your job. It might be temporary or it could be permanent if your company goes out of business. You could take this time to find the needs of people and build a business when this is over where you can support yourself and take care of your family. You could use this time to learn about investing so you can buy when stocks are low. You can remind yourself that the stock market will rebound once this pandemic is over. It may be your turn to lean on others. If people can help you, ask. You can repay them when you are able. This is not a time for pride. You have lost your job to make things safer for others. Allow them to express their gratitude in whatever way they can that will help you and your family. Another concern in the area of safety and security comes from being restricted in your home with someone who responds violently. You may need to decide if it will be safer to stay or to go. You are the only one who can make that decision. If you decide to stay, find a place of sanctuary for yourself somewhere in your home, a place you can go to get moments of safety for yourself. Should you decide to leave, try a friend, family member, or a shelter. Shelters may be full, so be sure to have a backup plan and try to choose someone your abuser wouldn't think of. In times like these, it might be good to go to your trusted source and ask them if they know someone who would be willing to take in a stranger with children sometimes. This way you have removed yourself from your abuser by one degree of separation. The second need is connection. This has been one of the most difficult things for people to fill during this coronavirus. We've been hearing a lot about social distancing, but people have even taken up calling it physical distancing because we really don't have to restrict social needs. We can stay connected with the people we care about. Some people have a higher than average need for connection. I happen to be one of them. We need people in our lives. If you have a lower need for connection or are an introvert, this physical distancing is what you were made for. Although, even after a steady diet of it, you may also start craving some time with people. Some people are ignoring the warnings and gathering in small groups anyway. This is a personal decision each person makes based on which need is most important at the time, safety and security, or connection. The problem is, 
It isn't just your safety and security at risk when you choose to gather. It's every person you are in contact with, especially the ones you live with, and those they also come into contact with. It seems the better we shelter in place, the sooner this pandemic will die out and we can resume our normal connection habits if we choose to. In the meantime, the question becomes, how can you shelter in place and maintain connection? Technology provides many options for this. There are telephones, remember those? FaceTime, Zoom, WhatsApp, and social media. There is still old-fashioned letters and cards to let people know you are thinking of them. In many ways, I find myself more connected now than before because people are checking in with me who I don't normally hear from. It has been wonderful to have people reaching out to see if I'm okay. I am working to pay that forward with others in my life. Today I have a plan to FaceTime with my grandchildren. I can't hug them, but I can be a part of their lives in this way, and so can you. The next need is significance. Everyone wants to be significant, to matter, to make a difference. Many of us get that from our jobs. What do people do when the work that creates significance for them suddenly, without warning, ends? Many are choosing to depress over this, and that's the worst thing you can do. Depressing and feeling sorry for yourself will never get you to a place of significance. In fact, it does the exact opposite of what you need. Ask yourself the question, how can I be of service to the people around me, to my community, or the world at large? What is it you normally do at work that could be translated into a useful tool in today's economy? It may or may not pay the bills, but that isn't what significance is about. Significance is about feeling like a contributor to a bigger picture. If you are struggling to translate your skills to today's world, think about utilizing a strength you don't get to use at work. Many people passed over their real passion in favor of making a living, but in actuality your passion can always be turned into something people will pay for. What do you love to do? What are your hobbies? Can you make some instructional videos for YouTube showing others how to do what you love? Often we think if we're good at something or if it's effortless for us that it must also be the same for others. It isn't. I have loved watching professionals and novices alike turn familiar songs into songs about coronavirus. It's clever, lighthearted, and creates a way to impact the conversation. What can you do that will leave a legacy? Is this the time to write your book? Is this the time to create that invention that's been nagging at the edges of your mind? Is now the time to be the community hero by taking care of some chores for people they can't find anyone else to do? Can you run errands for your neighbors while you are going out for yourself? Do you have a stash of toilet paper you can share with those who are without? And if none of this is possible for you, what skills can you learn during this time of isolation so you will be ready to enter the job market when this is over? The next need is freedom. This time of isolation is challenging for those with high freedom needs. I am also one of them. And the way I have been adjusting to this is to tell myself I'm willing to give up my immediate freedom to have my normal freedom restored in quicker fashion. Every day I shelter in place could mean this virus will be slowed by at least me not contracting and spreading it. That's a beginning. 
but it doesn't address the fact that I have significantly reduced freedom now and my freedom need has to be met in order for me to be emotionally strong. How can people be free in the age of the coronavirus? We can still get outside as long as we maintain our physical distance. I have an outdoor office set up in the backyard. I have been taking a walk around the community every day. I can still have food picked up or delivered so I don't have to cook and can still enjoy my faves. I can work out with any number of free videos online. I don't, but I could, and so could you. I have a myriad of books here to read and can still order new ones from Amazon if I choose. It's so important when it comes to freedom to focus on the things you can do rather than the ones you can't. I also found a freedom hack in telling myself I am cooperatively agreeing to this freedom restriction. I can do whatever I want to do. No one can stop me. If I want to go out, touch everything in sight, visit my friends, and ignore physical distancing requirements, I can do that. No one can stop me. But right now, I don't want to do those things. They will still be available to me when I want to again. This helps me feel free every day. The next need is joy. This is a great time to do a temperature check on your social media. While no one I know truly understands the algorithms on these sites, most people are aware they exist. They run in the background, making sure you see more of what you're interested in and less of what you aren't. I use my social media when I'm looking for joy because that's what my algorithm delivers to me. I see upbeat, hopeful, thoughtful posts. Some are trying to distract others with sunsets, recipes, jokes, songs, and upbeat commentary. If you tune into social media and all you see is the fear-mongering around coronavirus, then take action to change your algorithms. Stop liking and commenting on those posts. Scroll right by. Go out and actively seek the types of posts you want to see and show them your love and attention. Think you can't do the things that bring you joy? You are looking at this all wrong. External things don't create the joy. You do. Joy comes from inside. Are you showing up as joy every day? Or are you waiting, looking for things outside to fill you up? When you stop and be still, you will notice more of what is going on around you and you can pull up joy and interact with your surroundings in a joyful way. Some examples from my life. Every time I turn on the water faucet, I'm joyful this isn't affecting our water supply. When I look in the refrigerator, freezer, use the microwave, hear the air conditioning, I'm in Florida now, work on my computer, or watch a movie, electricity brings me joy, something I don't usually think about. When I'm working in my outside office, I revel in feeling the sun on my skin, watching geckos run around, hearing the birds sing, and smelling the sweet odors of spring. You have to harness the joy first, allow it to fill you, and then everything you experience will be seen through that filter. I say all of this to underscore how important it is to be aware of our five basic needs and which ones are feeling most frustrated during this time. Once you have identified the culprit, then you can go into problem-solving mode to find ways to meet that need in your current situation. The Relationship Center is going to be holding weekly meetings to talk to anyone who's struggling during these times. It will be open to anyone free of charge and staffed by counselors, 
coaches, and other certified in choice theory. Watch my social media channels for details. Look for Kim Olver or the Relationship Center. Next week, I hope you'll be joining us when we will be discussing self-discovery in terms of who am I? How do I find out? Who am I in the midst of this global crisis? Who do I want to be and how do I become that person? Talk with you then. This has been another thought-provoking episode of Life Equals Choices, Choices Equal Life. To listen to past episodes, please visit our website at www.therelationshipcenter.biz forward slash podcast and remember to subscribe.